today on 2C Fans. Okay, I think we've had enough. <laughs> Here is the last MOTE from one of our shark researchers. So each episode is going to give people an inside look at Moat's research on things like sharks, coral reefs, ocean technology, and all the other things we study. Like why we collect fish poop? Hi Haley. Hey Joe. Uh, so hello from 2C Fans, the podcast of Moat Marine Laboratory in Sarasota, Florida. And I'm Haley Rutger. And I'm Joe Nicholson. We are 2C Fans, marine science fans who created this podcast to give you a window into a real working marine lab. Moat Marine Lab is an independent, non-profit institution that has been studying the oceans for more than 60 years. Yes, and a lot of people hear about the lab when they come to our public aquarium, but don't think they really know us. Deep down. You mean like in our souls? <laughs> I mean how much research we do all over the world and why it matters. Okay, well that's what the podcast is for. So each episode is going to give people an inside look at Moat's research on things like sharks, coral reefs, ocean technology, and all the other things we study. Like why we collect fish poop? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> the point is, um, whether you know a little bit about Moat or nothing, this is your chance to follow along with the inner life of a marine lab and all of the people who make it work. Including the fish poop collectors. Yeah, so uh, will you stop doing that if I promise a future episode involving fish poop? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I think this is going to work. Um, on this episode, we're going to tell you how Moat got started. And first, though, we're going to do something fun. A lot of people don't know where Moat got its name. We're going to tell you the right answer eventually. But first, we're going to make stuff up. We asked our staff, the scientists, the educators, the aquarium biologists, to give us words or short phrases starting with M, O, T, and E, describing what moat means to them. Yeah, so here's what we got. Um, M, marine science. O, outreach. T, technology. E, education. This one is pretty darn good. Uh, it captures most of our mission, which is doing today's research for tomorrow's oceans and educating the public so they can be more ocean literate. Well, I've got a better one. Marine organisms talking educators. So, explain. Well, people visit Mode Aquarium to see our marine organisms. While they're here, they usually talk to our very informative volunteers who educate our visitors on marine life. They're pretty awesome. Yep, I agree. Uh, so I got a, a nerdier one for you. Marine or terrestrial ectotherms? What? <laughs> an ectotherm is an animal whose body temperature changes depending on its environment. Unlike you, uh, and you and your warm heart, <laughs> or me and any other mammals, um, we're endotherms. That's our body temperature is being consistent and controlled internally. Uh, but ectotherms are more like sharks and other fishes, sea turtles, really most of the stuff that we work on at Moat. And uh, marine fits us just fine, but terrestrial really doesn't. It means land dwelling. Um, you can probably tell the answer, this one, came from one of our uh, aquarium biologists. 
Yeah, probably the same guy who sent us this one. Monthly odd testicular examinations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Animal care joke. Okay, I think we've had enough. <laughs> Here is the last M-O-T-E from one of our shark researchers. He said, Mr. Moat would object to this exercise. <laughs> uh, so actually, yes, there was a Mr. Moat. That's the answer to this riddle. Uh, William R. Moat. I can actually say what he'd think of this exercise because sadly he's no longer with us, but he is the real reason that our lab is called Moat. So um, Joe, why don't you tell us the history since you've been here pretty much forever. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Haley. <laughs> Cue old time music. The lab was founded in 1955 by Dr. Eugenie Clark, who came to be nicknamed the Shark Lady. She was encouraged to start the lab and was provided funding by the Vanderbilt family. Yes, that Vanderbilt family. The lab was a one-room shack down in Placida, Florida, and was called the Cape Hayes Marine Lab. Jeannie's only assistant was a knowledgeable local fisherman named Burl Chadwick. Mm -hmm. And some of you might know that Jeannie uh, lived to age 92 and she did research all of her adult life. I mean, she was still diving at 92. Uh, yeah, most of us can only dream of a life like that. She passed away in 2015 uh, and so she got to see the lab reach its 60th anniversary that year. And she was just an incredible uh, ichthyologist, which is a fish researcher, and she had a special interest in sharks, hence her name. Yep, right from the start, Jeannie studied sharks in ways that no one else had. She was the first to show that sharks could learn through training and also swam with a number of large sharks to study them in the wild, which helped a lot of people to be less afraid and more respectful of sharks. Yeah, um, today we know that sharks usually aren't out to get us, uh, and actually ocean ecosystems really need sharks, but back then a lot of things were unknown, and not just about sharks. Um, Jeannie's research was really exploratory and really exciting in lots of ways during the early days of the lab. Like, she, uh, she wrote about how she dissected a 2,200-pound manta ray on the Sarasota City Pier while surrounded by spectators. Um, like, who wouldn't go and want to see that? She, uh, she also dove into freshwater springs called Warm Mineral Springs and Little Salt Springs here in Florida with this retired lieutenant colonel named Bill Royal, and they discovered human remains thousands of years old. And then she also, uh, studied a really strange fish that could switch its sex in as little as 10 seconds and fertilize its own eggs. You know, proving that fish never cease to amaze us. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So the lab moved to Siesta Key in 1960, and soon it was in need of more funding. Mr. William R. Moat stepped in to support it. He was a successful transportation executive, avid fisherman, and Tampa native. He wanted to give something back to the sea. Yeah, and really that's still a big part of how Moat is supported today as a nonprofit. Um, people who know that the oceans matter will often donate to give something back, just like Mr. Moat did. So in 1967, Moat got its new name to honor the Moat family. Then in 1978, it moved to City Island in Sarasota, where it is now. The lab was always a big draw for school kids, and really, for 
anybody who wanted to learn about the sea. So we started Mode Aquarium in 1980 to translate the research into public education and outreach. Yep, uh, so how, how much of that history have you been here for, Joe? <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyway, some of our scientists have been here maybe as long as you, uh, decades. And then again, some of them are young PhDs who are starting their careers, but they all have awesome stories. And every two weeks, we'll bring you a new inside look at science here at Moat. Yeah, and maybe after a while, there will be more than two sea fans. So don't be shellfish or flounder around and join us. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> That's the spirit, Joe. <laughs> but really, you're going to like what's next. Look for a new episode in about two weeks at moat.org forward slash podcast. And that's it for our first episode. See you later from two sea fans at Moat. 